Hi, my name is Rhonda Minga, and I would like to welcome you today to Freedom Ministries in Crossed, Arkansas. I invite you to connect with us online at freedomministriescrossed.com. Now let's take the time to pray before we tune in to today's message. Lord, I lift you up, and I just pray that you draw us by your Spirit. I pray that you show us your Word. You give us great and mighty revelations of who you are and how you want to move in and through us. Lord, be with these people as they tune in now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're worthy, Lord. You're so worthy of it all, God. You're worthy of it all. Of it all. And you know that that's what he wants is all and he deserves all see a lot of times we say come and get saved and give God your heart let him come into your heart when he wants your life your whole entire life he wants nothing less than the whole thing father I just ask you to give me boldness today, God. Boldness to speak what I feel in my soul that you have given me to speak, God. Give me boldness, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for coming in this house today, God, and healing us, for healing our brokenness. Thank you. Thank you for it, God. There truly is nobody that can stand beside you, Lord. Thank you. Um, I want to talk in Ephesians today, but I want to start in Ephesians 1, but I can't start in Ephesians 1. Paul wrote Ephesians. Ephesians is so rich. It is a rich book. It tells you who you are. It tells you what he did for you. It tells you how we're to live. All in that one book. And he wrote it while he was in prison. And now I'm not negating prisons today because I don't want to go there. But the prison that Paul was in, <laughs> today don't even compare. It doesn't even compare. I've heard scholars say that um, the ceiling was probably four, four and a half feet tall. The ceiling. So when he's standing, he's having to stand like this for as long as he's in there. And to top that off, the sewer run through the middle of it. So it was a bad, bad place to be. And while he was there, he was not at any time focused on his life. He wasn't at any time, not one moment focused on woe is me. My life is hard. Not one time. Okay. That's all I'm going to say about that. There's six chapters in the book of Ephesians. And the first three tell us about relationship. And I really want to go to Ephesians 1 because it tells you who you are and it tells you what Christ did for you. But I really feel that I need to go to Ephesians 2. 
I need to go to Ephesians 2. How many of us in this house today have said or say right now that I have asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life? That we are born again Christian, followers of Christ. Amen? I'd say most of the church. And if we haven't, please do so. Give him your life now, right now. It is the greatest decision that you will ever make. The devil lies to us. He tries to make us think that we ain't going to be able to have no fun no more if I get saved. That's a that's bull. <laughs> that is, I have more fun now than I ever had. I get to get wasted now and it don't cost me nothing to save my life. You know, it don't cost me dollars. I don't get in trouble. Nothing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for doing what you did for us. Okay, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2. We're going to look at, start at verse 1. He says, And you hath he quickened who were, that's a key word right there, you were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead. I want, you to, I want that to sink in for a minute. He says you were dead. I'm talking to born-again Christians, those who have given their life and their heart to Jesus Christ. He says, and you hath he quickened. He has quickened us. I am. You are no longer dead. You're no longer dead. You were dead in trespasses and sin. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. How many of us used to walk according to the course of this world? Now I'm going to say something. How many of you still do? Don't answer that. Don't raise your hand on that one. If you're born again, if he is the Lord of your life, are you still walking according to the world? Are you still walking according to your flesh? Are you still giving in to the desires of your flesh? Okay, pastor, get off of that. I told you I need boldness today. Thank you, Jesus. Wherein in time past, this is past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Who is that? Satan. That's the devil. He said, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Are you children of disobedience? No. You're born again. You're a new creation. Amen? So how come we still look like the world? Ooh, Jesus, okay. Mm, see, I had a dream last night. I come up here yesterday evening and I started praying and and um, God, when I started reading this, God just started opening up something to me. And I was like, oh, Jesus. Okay. And so last night I went home and I went to bed and I had a dream. And I dreamed that um, several people got up and left. <laughs> got up and walked out. And as they did, I said, God, I will not 
I will not not preach your truth, and I will not sugarcoat your word. I will not. If everybody leaves, I will preach what you give me to preach, and I will not. I will not sugarcoat it. I will not. I don't care who gets mad. And let me tell you, when you start trying to live your life pure and holy, you start trying to give yourself to him and not give yourself to the world. You make everyone around you who doesn't want to do that mad. Everyone. So if you get mad because somebody wants to live holy, then you need to check yourself. You need to check it. The only reason you're mad is because they're putting pressure on you, putting pressure on your flesh. Okay. Ooh, Jesus. Verse 3. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. Verse 4, but God, this is who you were yesterday. This is who you were. You gave in to your flesh yesterday, not today. Today my flesh is reckoned dead Okay. See, we need to study Ephesians and we need to study Romans and Galatians and Acts and, you know, all of them. But verse 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in our sins, He quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. He talks in Ephesians about in Christ a lot. In Christ. In Him I get every single thing that He paid for. In chapter 1, it tells you about those, those, those great and wonderful promises and those blessings that he gives us. I'm adopted. Thank you, Jesus. I was of my father, the father of lies, the father of darkness, the one that tries to destroy me. That's who I was of. But God made a way for me to not give in to that anymore. He said he paid the price. He redeemed me so that the dominion of darkness has no more dominion over me. I have been set free. I no longer have to give in to this will, to these feelings. To these emotions that are a lie. Okay? They're a lie. My emotions go up and down with what you say and do to me. 
But see, that's where the enemy wants us. He wants us to be all balled up in my emotions so what you say can affect me and it keeps me from being effective. He don't care. He ain't care about you. He just don't want you to be effective. He wants you to be balled up in your own little problems. And I'm sorry. I know they big. But like I just said, Paul was living in a four-foot-tall cave with sewer running through it, preaching the gospel, telling me that God has set me free from my feelings. He had a right to give in to his feelings. Okay, I'm, I'm, I really am going somewhere because God showed me something in this scripture. And I never have seen it preached before. I haven't heard this particular thing preached from these scriptures before. And after he gave it to me and I started writing it down, I then picked up the Passion Translation and that's exactly what it says. In the Passion Translation. And I'm like, oh, thank you, Jesus. Okay. So he said, he said, yesterday, yesterday I gave in to everything. But today, because of what God has done, I, don't, I no longer live in my feeling. I no longer live in emotion. I no longer live that way. I now have been translated into another kingdom. And in this kingdom, it ain't about me. That should set us free. Because the enemy still comes and hits me, but it ain't about me. He's trying to stop this on the inside of me. Because he don't want me to put a smile on my face and tell somebody how much Jesus loves them and how much Jesus gave for them. He don't want me doing that. So he has to stop me. He has to. Okay. Verse 5, and when we were dead in sins, he quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved and has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. He did all of that to show the world how wonderful Jesus is. He says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Salvation is completely free, completely. There's nothing I can do to deserve it or to earn it. It's free. It's a gift. But that's the only thing that's free. Okay, that's another message another day. Not of works, lest any man should boast. See, there's nothing that I can do that's going to get me salvation. Nothing. It doesn't matter what all I do. It doesn't matter how good I am. It doesn't get me salvation. Salvation is what Jesus Christ did on that cross. And my part is believing that he did it. Thank you, Jesus, for stretching your, your life out on that cross. And dying for me. You paid the price that I could not pay. Took my place. Hallelujah. 
Thank you, Jesus. In verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God had before ordained that we should walk in them. What the world? He says, I'm going to read it again. For we are his workmanship. Now, if I'm his workmanship, I need to treat his workmanship a little better than what I do. Okay. Okay. I am created in Christ Jesus unto good works. I was predestined before the foundation of the world for good works. I'm supposed to do good works. He says, let the world see your good works so they'll see me. I'm supposed to be good to folks. Good. I'm supposed to be kind. That's later on in, this, in the chapter. Okay. Chapter, verse 11. It says, wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands. We're talking about Jews and Gentiles. Okay? That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise. We are no longer strangers from the covenants. We didn't have any hope then. And without God in the world. But now... In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Jesus Christ shed his blood so that we could come near. Ha! I no longer have to stand out on the outskirts looking in. He, Jesus, the blood of Jesus has made it possible for me to come near. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 14, for he is our peace who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. It says, for he is himself our peace, our bond of unity and harmony. He has made us both Jew and Gentile one body. And has broken down, destroyed, and abolished the hostile, dividing wall between us. Now, when I looked at this, I said, prejudice came to me. Prejudice. And I'm like, oh, my God, that is what separates us. See, if in this day that this was written, if you were a Jew, you were good. You were good to go. But if you were not a Jew... It didn't matter if you were black or white or yellow or green. It didn't matter. If you were not a Jew, you were unclean. Everybody that was not a Jew was unclean. What is that? That's prejudice. Because you're a little different than me. Prejudice, because you're a little different than me. This is what we're going to hit today, is a spirit 
of prejudice. A prejudice, that's the devil. That is the devil. And he is bringing division like I have never seen it before. We've had to deal with some of it in this house. And we ain't having it in this house. Jesus Christ died that we could be made one. 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 Not two. Not divided. Not black. Not white. Not Mexican. Not Chinese. Not Japanese. Not Filipino. Not poor. Not rich. Not male. Not female. Because there's prejudices more than the color of your skin. Religion is prejudiced against women. And they try to make it look like Jesus was, but he was a liberator of women. He was a liberator of mankind. God never once intended for half the population to be shut up. If he can speak through a donkey... I'm a little bit upset today. A little bit upset because the enemy has brought division into the house of God. In the last days, there's going to be some things unleashed, and I believe they have already been unleashed, and one of them is division, and the other one is offense. And if you take offense at something because you think somebody is looking down on you because of the color of your skin or because of the social status that you have or because of the gender that you are, you also have prejudice. It's not just those who walk in prejudice, who openly, everyone knows how they feel about someone who's different than them. That is the devil. It's the devil. But if every time you look at somebody, you think they prejudice, guess what? You are. Not you. You are. I had to see one time. Every time I, if someone said something, I, went, I was like, you're so self-righteous. They are so self-righteous. It just stuck out at me like everybody in the country was self-righteous. And then one time in worship, God said, there's your sign. I'm like, what? What, what constantly hits me in my face, I have. So I had to deal with me. And I had to see that I, ah, oh my God, me. I was self-righteous, full of, ugh, it's nasty. It is so nasty. Because you think that you're right and everybody else is beneath you. Because you're so full of God. God. You say God like God. Here's a self-righteous way to say God. It's G-A-W-D. Not G-O-D, God. And I have so much. I heard somebody say one time, I didn't say this, and I thought this was real (laughs) self-righteous. But I heard someone say, I got so much God in me that other people can't stand to be around me. I thought, sure can't. 
And that ain't God. That ain't what I'm smelling. That ain't God. And I was real self-righteous at the time, but I recognized that one. I mean, that was blatant. But God started dealing with me and showing me how my heart was wrong. You know, I thought, you really needed to hear me. You needed to listen to me. You know, because I had it all figured out. (laughs) Nasty. And I'd cut you like, ooh, this sword was sharp. (laughs) It cut you going in and cut you coming out. It wasn't God. And this prejudiced spirit is not God. It is not God. It's not God. And it goes both ways, y'all. It goes both ways. Like I'm going to say it again, okay, because I really want you to get it. Because I love you and I don't want the enemy to use you anymore. Just like I don't want him to use me anymore. And I know some people, we say they old school, you know, they raised up like this, raised up in segregation. They raised up with whites only and blacks only. They was raised up like that. I don't make it right. It don't make it right. And it's no excuse. You still got to deal with your old school self just like I got to deal with mine. Because Jesus Christ paid a price for us to be one new man. That's what he's talking about. He said, if you are of the uncircumcision by those that are of the circumcision, you can't be together. You couldn't eat together. You couldn't. They didn't even talk to you. And we saw that when we went to Israel. Today, they run us over, literally. Did not want us in their country. Because we are unclean. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. It does not matter how rich you are or how poor you are. It doesn't matter. They are still, woo, prejudiced. And they are prejudiced still against women. When you go to that wailing wall, those men have an area as big as this room where they pray, and the women have one about the size of that pew. And they have to bunch up in there. While them men are just, you know, okay. That's the devil. That is a devil. And we are not of the devil. We have been set free. That's who we were yesterday. That is not who we are today. Come on, y'all. Come on. It doesn't matter. You know that religions are prejudiced against other religions. Denominations are prejudiced against denominations. It's not a color thing. I don't be liking that denomination because they don't let me pray in the Holy Ghost. So I ain't going. I ain't even talking to them. And I don't like that denomination because they pray in the Holy Ghost, but they mean. Them people mean. 
they go, Shando, and they mean it. So I'm the only one that's right. Well, come on. He said in verse 14 that he has broken down that wall of prejudice between us. Because with the Jews, you, you ain't going to be one with no Jew. Uh-uh. This is what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about right there is prejudice. That's what he's talking about. But Christ tore that wall down. Tore that wall down. And his whole purpose for doing that was so that we could be one. One new man. One new race. The human race. Go figure. The human race. Oh, my Jesus. John chapter 17, verses 20 through probably 26 or something like that. He's praying the whole time, Father, make them one. He said, I ain't praying for these that are looking at me. I'm praying for them and for all those that are going to believe in me because of their word. Well, that's me and you. That's us. He said, my prayer, God, is that they're one. Make them one, Father, just like me and you are one. You live in me and I live in you. He wants to live in us. But it's hard to live in something that's divided. He said a house divided will not stand. It's coming down. And, and, and his body, his real body is going to be one. Because ain't no devil, I don't care what he does, no devil is ever going to stop what God has planned to do. None. So get over yourself. Please get over yourself. And come into what Christ has done for us to make us one. And I'm talking to everybody in here because everybody in here has dealt with it. Everyone. At some point in your life, you have been prejudiced. Whether it was against color or it was against gender or it was against religion, you've been prejudiced. And we might as well own up to it. How many of you say, them tattooed people, they got tattoos all over the place. Ugh. Excuse me? Or they got earrings all over their face. They got in their eyebrows and their nose and their tongue and their lip connected to their ear. I ain't, that ain't God. You know them dreadlocks Todd White's got? That ain't God. He ain't saved. If he was saved, he'd shave that mess off his head. Because God wants you to have it closely trimmed, faded. Faded's okay. It's okay to have a fade. But your part, your part needs to be cut, you know. And then you can go do all the drugs you want to because you look good. Come on, and then you see somebody who got dreads, got tattoos all over them. Loving Jesus with everything in them. Winning the lost and you ain't doing nothing. Pointing the finger back at me. How many? 
How many have I prayed for in the Walmart? How many? Come on. Todd's wife quit going to Walmart with him. Because he prayed for everybody he saw. Not me. So you better, you better hush. <laughs> I'm saying you better hush that mouth when you're talking about God's children. Whether they look like you or they don't look like you. Whether they smell like you or they don't smell like you. Because some of them don't smell like us. But that does not negate the fact that they belong to him. It does not negate the fact that they are his creation. His handiwork. His. And he died for them just like he died for you and me. Come on. I needed some boldness today because I'm step on everybody's toes. If mine gets stepped on, yours is getting stepped on. It's just the way it is. And the enemy will say, you better hush, because he did in my dream last night. Don't you be doing, don't you be talking about that. They're going to leave. They're going to leave. I said, God, if I'm standing there by myself, I'm going to preach your word. I'm going to tell myself what you say. And I ain't sugarcoating it for anybody. Because your blood is on my hands. I'm the one that's going to be judged with a harsher judgment. I'm the one that's going to stand before him and he's going to say, why would you tell them that? And I'm going to say, because I was scared. Because <laughs> somebody was going to say something to me. I didn't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Well, then I'm going to be hurt. <laughs> so guess what? Both barrels, you're going to get it. Thank you. Thank you. And I want the truth myself. I want the truth because if I don't hear the truth, I don't know I'm in error. I think it's okay for me to act like a heathen. I think it's okay for me to act like somebody that does not proclaim Jesus. I think it's okay for me to go on with my life. Just go to church. Just come to church. You're okay as long as you go to church. Oh, and you've got to tithe. Go to church and tithe. And you're okay. Now, Jesus' prayer was that we become one. That I become one with you. One with you. And you have to become one with me. Now the enemy is dead set to bring division. He is dead set on bringing division. Because if he brings division into me, then, then like I said a while ago, we're not effective. I'm not effective for the, for the body of Christ. I'm not effective for the kingdom. Who going to listen to me? Who? Nobody. I'm going to listen to myself because I know what I am. And I'll just say this because this is prejudice too. I know I, who I am. I know how I live. 
and uh, I don't trust me to be really getting in the presence of God to have a word, so I don't trust you either. <laughs> See, you better know. <laughs> if you go into a church, you better know that your leaders are seeking God. And you better trust that what they say has come from the throne. If not, you need to go somewhere where you can trust your leadership. Amen? Okay. It's scary, Charlotte. It's scary. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> when you're standing up here, you don't feel none. <laughs> Just to be honest with you. Thank you, Jesus. All you can see is your dream and everybody walking out. You know? <laughs> but thank you, Jesus. And then someone brought me an encouraging word. An encouraging word where they saw them coming. And I know that when you preach the truth, an apostle stands on the truth. On the truth. This. This right here, this is the truth. He said, let God be true and every man a liar. So if something, it don't matter what it is, even if it is a fact, but it has brought division between you and another member of the body of Christ, you better hit the altar and deal with yourself. Deal with yourself because you are in error. You are. It don't matter what they are. When you stand before him, he's not going to say to you, I know, honey, they shouldn't have done that. I know. And you're excused for your behavior that you didn't seek me for 47 years. You're excused because they were wrong. He ain't going to say that. He's going to say, why didn't you get to the altar and deal with yourself? Because you knew there was separation. And Jesus Christ died to make us one. Let's just look at another scripture, Galatians 3. Galatians 3, 28. Twenty-six. We'll start in 26. He says, For you are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ have put on Christ. So we have put on Christ. If I, if I say I belong to him, I ought to walk like him. Okay. <laughs> Verse 28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus, and if ye be Christ, then you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now, when he looks at you, when he looks at a white person, when he looks at a black person, when he looks at a Chinese, when he looks at a Baptist, when he looks at a Pentecostal, when he looks at a man, when he looks at a woman who has given their life to Christ, what does the Father see? He sees the blood 
That's all he sees. He don't know what color you are, and he don't know what gender you are. Oh, that's preaching good. He don't know. He don't know what religion you are. He knows the blood of Jesus. And if I'm covered in the blood of Jesus, that's all he's looking at. That's all he's looking for. He ain't worried about all this other stuff. He didn't make those denominations anyway. And he said, I know that there's division in my creation. You're either a Jew or you're unclean. And I come to, to sever that, to tear that thing out, and to make one human race in me. Thank you, Jesus. That's what Galatians said. He said there ain't no Jew or white. Ain't no Jew or black. Ain't no Jew or Chinese. There ain't none. There ain't no boy or girl. You either or. We need to get that straight. He created two genders. Male, female. And if you don't line up with that, you are in serious trouble. Serious trouble. And all of that is part of the end. It's part of the end. He is coming. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming, and it's not going to be long. He's coming, and I have to bow my knee. I have to bow my knee today, and I have to let him deal with all this junk that's in my heart. He has to deal with it. I'm going to stand before him, and I'm going to give account for it. I am. So let him deal with your heart today. It's the enemy that's bringing all this division. It is not of God. I don't know how else to say it. It's not God. So lay it down at the cross and let him fix your heart. Because in here, let's just keep on going. Because this is so good. It's so good. Oh, that's not it. Let's go back over to Ephesians 2. In 15, he has abolished in his flesh the cause of the hostility. That's what enmity means. He, devo- he de- demolished the cause of the hostility, which is the prejudice, the separation, the division. He demolished that in his body. It says, even the law of commandments contained in condi- con- uh, can't read it. Ordinances. For to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. So he has made peace. And that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the cause of hostility thereby, and came to preach. And he preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh. And through him, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. We both have access to him by Jesus Christ. 
Thank you, God. Thank you for doing that. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. I am of the household of God. Me, you, we're of the household of God. And I am, we are. We are that building that is fitly joined together. And we are, we are the habitation of Jesus Christ. Me and you. Doesn't matter what color we are. It don't matter if I have more than you or you have more than me. It don't matter. None of that matters. We, in Him, are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Through the Spirit. Hallelujah. Chapter 4. Chapter 3, there's beautiful prayers in chapter chapter 3 where where we can grab a hold of that spirit of wisdom and revelation and I can start thinking like Him and acting like Him, becoming like Him. We were praying today, from glory to glory are we changed into His image. i got to get in His presence if I won't change. Otherwise, it's head knowledge. And I can spit all the scriptures that's in this book. And if I don't ever get in his presence, I'm not being changed. I'm just spitting stuff out of my head. He says in in verse 1, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. You have a call on your life. And you got to deal with all this mess so that we can, we can do this call. With all lowliness and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. It don't matter if you look different than me, I'm supposed to bear you up in love. I'm supposed to bear your differences in love. If I don't have love, it don't matter. If I set myself on fire for you, I am not accomplishing anything. Nothing. I am a clanging cymbal. Getting on everybody's nerve. He says in, in 3, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in bond of peace. Endeavoring means we're going to have to work at it. Because the devil ain't going to let it come easy. But it don't matter because no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. None. He's a defeated foe, and we give him too much, too much of our time. But he still ain't going to make it easy because he's going to constantly be spitting out that division. Constantly. Don't think for one minute that those thoughts are not going to come. They're coming. What am I supposed to do when those thoughts come? Oh, they don't like me because of this. What am I supposed to do? I bind you, devil. You lie. That's my sister. That's my brother. We are one in Christ. Get away from me. And then you go love them. You go love them. Okay. He says, verse 4, There is one body, one spirit, 
even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Oh, my God. There's one. (laughs) One. We're one. We are one. Division is the devil. Multiplication is God. God is good. The devil is bad. What would you say? United we stand and divided we fall. Yes. But we're not going to fall. We are united. We are one. We are one body. The Word talks about one body with many members. Many members. What the heck am I supposed to do because my toe looks different from my nose? Thank God it does. I'm be looking crazy walking around with a big toe. I mean, that, you know? And that's how, I'm sorry, that's how stupid all this division is. That is how stupid it is. Because my toe can have tattoos all over it. And love God. And my kneecap can be pierced. And my elbow can be Japanese. And my earlobe can be Baptist. I mean, that's the way God's body is. And that's what we're supposed to be part of is his body. Right? So, (laughs) we're supposed to be one. I want to keep on reading. So he says down there, he goes on and and he says that he gave us um, gifts. He gave gifts to the body, the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher so that they can equip the body. That's what I want to do. I want to equip you. I want to first of all let you know that the enemy's trying to destroy your life, but you can come out of that. But you got to come out of it. You do. And then it says that it does that in verse 12 for the perfecting or the maturing of the saints for the work of the ministry, for edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. There is something that we have got to attain. And it's Him. It's Jesus, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. And it talks about doctrines, but I'm going to say tossed to and fro and in and out because of division. Because one minute I like you and the next minute I don't because you don't like me. That's not God. And we need to repent. We need to repent. We have all got to come together for this body that we are. He says in verse 29, well, look at 23. He says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you can put on that new man. I have to renew the spirit of my mind, when that thing hits my mind, I have to take that thought captive and bring that thing down, and you are not going to put that in me. 
I am one with the body of Christ. Then he says in, in 20, where was I? 20, well, 27, look at there. He says, don't give place to the devil. Stop giving him room. Because if you give him a foothold, he's taking everything. You give him an inch, you, uh, you play with that thought just a little bit, and you go tell somebody else, and you just open the door for him. Come on. Let no corrupt, verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. He says in, in the Amplified, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others, as it is fitting to the need and the occasion, that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor to those who hear it. Let all bitterness, verse 31, because that grieves the Holy Ghost, according to 30. 31, he says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. We have to walk in forgiveness because people are different from us. I'm not all that perfect. I have to walk in forgiveness that others are different from me. Amen. Because for God, God said for Christ's sake, he forgave him. 2 Corinthians 5.17 talks about us being a new creation. I am a new creation now. I am a new man now. I need to be walking different. I need to be thinking different. I need to be talking different. I need to stop looking, acting, sounding like the world. Because I might be in it, but I ain't of it. Amen. So if God has touched your heart today, and if he has opened your eyes today, the altars are open. And I'm asking you to come and repent of this spirit of prejudice, of this spirit of division, that we have to become one. We are one. And it is the devil that is bringing division. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Yes, we're one. We're one. We're one. We are one in the Spirit. We're one in God. We are one in Christ Jesus. Thank you for restoring unity, God. Thank you for restoring unity in this house, God. Yes, God, they'll know we belong to you because we love one another. So I just repent for us, God. I repent. I stand in the office of pastor of Freedom Ministries right now, Father. And I repent 
for us walking in division. I repent, God, that we have yielded our members to the enemy, that we, we have not loved others because they're different from us, because they look different, they act different, they smell different, they think different. I ask you to forgive us for that, God. And we take authority over a prejudiced spirit and we drive you out of this house and we drive you out of Ashley County. You have made us one, God, and we are one. We will be one. We are one with you. We are one with each other. And I thank you for unity, God, that you release unity. Because when we walk in unity, the commanded blessing comes upon us. When we walk in unity, when we walk together, and I'm not just talking about black and white. I'm talking about because you made me mad. Because of something you did or something you said or the way you looked at me, you made me mad. And so I have separated myself from you. That is the same thing. Same thing. And I ask you to forgive us, God. Forgive us and heal this land. You said if my people who were called by my name would humble themselves and pray and repent that you would hear from heaven and you would heal our land, God. And so we repent of this division. We repent, God, for, for allowing division to come and separate us from the body of Christ. Forgive us, God. And make us one, God. We, re we release the spirit of unity in this place. The spirit of unity in Ashley County, God. And I thank you for it, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you again for tuning in with us. If this word ministered to you, please consider sowing a seed to Freedom Ministries at freedomministriescrossit.com. We have made it available to you on the giving page. Thank you again. Go and be blessed in Jesus' name.